Thanks for listening to the New Stanton Church podcast. Check out our website at newstantonchurch.com where you can find out how to join our live stream at 901 on Sunday mornings. Now let's prepare our hearts for the word that we're about to receive. Psalm 27, 4 says, One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. It is always good to be in God's presence with you. Sunday mornings at New Stanton Church are a glimpse of what David was talking about of desiring to be in God's house. I don't know if you look forward to being here as much as I look forward to being here, uh, but I love being with you together as a church worshiping God. Uh, this past week, we got to be together twice, uh, today and Thursday Last Thursday worship, which was amazing, just saying, in case you missed it and want to check it out next month, uh, we gathered on that last Thursday every single month to worship our God together in kind of a, a more chill service. Uh, so if you're looking to invite someone, uh, that would be a great opportunity to invite somebody to check out New Stanton Church. We are in a series still called Hope for today, and we're working through the book of First Peter. Uh, there are only five chapters, so we won't be here much longer, but we're going to look at the next few verses of chapter four together this morning. This is verses seven through 11. The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, Continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those in, who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them, to, use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. I have to be honest with you and tell you that first part of verse 7 always trips me up. It trips me up because Peter wrote those words 2,000 years ago. If I had a dollar for every time a Christian said or predicted, he's coming soon, I would be a rich man. It makes me think of the 1987, <laughs> aging myself, movie, The Princess Bride. It's a good movie if you've never checked it out. Remember the short little dude, Vizzini, kept saying, inconceivable. And the swordsman, Indigo Montoya, says, you keep using that word. I'm not sure you think it means what it means. Soon, 2,000 years ago is a long time. I'm not sure Peter understood what the word soon means. 
And then I, I push back against this idea because so many people have been wrong about their predictions of when soon was going to be. And I feel like we as Christians lose credibility in the eyes of the world who we are trying to reach with the truth when we consistently make false claims about Jesus' second coming. Part of me is actually embarrassed when I hear believers say, oh, Jesus has to be coming soon. I, I, I heard people say, and I was listening to a prophet or a teacher, and, and he thinks Jesus is coming soon, and, and then they share this timeline that someone has put together reading the signs. And I think, oh, here we go again. And, and please, don't, don't get me wrong. It's not that I disagree. Uh, Jesus is coming back, and when he comes, it's going to seem really, really soon. It's just that God has made it clear that the timing of his return shouldn't be our focus. How we live in light of his coming back is the focus. Jesus said in Matthew 24, and I'm going to read verses 36 and 44. Uh, you can read what's in between later. Matthew 24, 36 and 44. But about that day, Jesus says, or hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. So, you must, you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. It's the being ready, believing in our hearts and letting our relationship with Jesus like into every nook and cranny of our lives, being ready. But that still leaves us with the term soon, doesn't it? The apostles believe that Jesus' second coming would be relatively soon after he was taken up into heaven after the resurrection, it comes from a couple places in Scripture. In scripture and I'm going to only mention one this morning. Right after Jesus restores Peter for denying him three times, Jesus says this to Peter. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate what kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. In other words, focus on living. Focus on following me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, who we know as John, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is it to you? You must follow me. Jesus is saying again, Peter, focus you. You focus on living for me. Don't worry about John. Stop being concerned even about the timing 
And then years later, it was actually after Peter's death, as John was getting older and finally sat down to write his gospel, John and the church kind of got the idea that John might not actually be alive when Jesus returned. So John took the time to clarify in his gospel, verse 23, because of this, the rumors spread among the believers that this disciple, John, would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you, Peter? You, focus on living for me. So John is correcting the misconception that Jesus' second coming would be soon or in John's lifetime. If you're a fan of C.S. Lewis and the Narnia series, which is a great book series, by the way, uh, you may remember Aslan's words to Lucy in The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Aslan, the, the God figure, says, Don't look sad. We shall meet soon again. Please, Aslan, said Lucy, what do you call soon? I call all times soon, said Aslan, and instantly he vanished away. C.S. Lewis understood the biblical understanding of soon. Peter's encouragement to us that, that he learned from Jesus, he's going to come at any moment. These are the last days, and it will be soon when he comes. But the soon Part is to light a fire under our living right now. We're not meant to get focused or stuck on the timing of soon. Because God, the eternal, does in fact call all times soon. Peter then gives his, us, his audience four things that we should focus on given the fact that Jesus will return Soon, And let me share with you what those are, and then we'll flesh them out. Number one, pray hard. Number two, love deeply. Number three, share hospitality. And number four, serve well. So, so number one, pray hard. In my mind, you can't pray any harder than Jesus in the garden before his arrest. And, and we look at that, and he looks peaceful, and we don't see any blood. Remember, Jesus threw himself on the ground. He, he fell. He sweat blood. It, it wasn't a pretty peaceful scene. He was grief stricken to the point of death. He, he's praying about life and death, and he, he has to choose his will or his father's. He's literally sweating blood because he knows the cross is coming. Do you remember who Jesus took to the garden with him? James, John, and Peter. What did Jesus asked Peter, James, and John to do. Do you remember? Watch with me. Pray hard with me. And they couldn't 
or, or, or wouldn't, or maybe they just didn't sense the importance of that moment, that hour. Maybe they didn't know how soon they would see the cross lifted up before them with Jesus hanging on it. So they slept. Do you remember why Jesus asked them to pray? Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Let me ask you a a question this morning. What would you have prayed harder about if you knew it was coming ahead of time? Can you remember some things? What would you have prayed harder on if you had known it was coming ahead of time? James 5, 16, the last half of the verse says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I sometimes ponder whether we would do anything but pray if we could see what our prayers do in heaven and on this earth. I know sometimes it feels like God isn't listening. I know we don't always see the answers when we want to see them, but God hears every prayer. God moves as we pray. What pitfalls could we have avoided in life? What sins could we have conquered? What victories would already be won? What walls would have come down? What prodigal would be on their way home? If we had prayed harder, the temptation is always to let our passion cool. Passion leaks if we are not intentional. It it happens in our relationship with God. It happens with our relationships with people we love. Remember how much time you used to spend, if you're married, talking with your spouse when you were dating. You would spend hours talking about everything and anything, even what we would consider now like silly stuff, you know, that we just spent hours talking about. What would you do different if you knew it was coming to an end? Peter is encouraging us to pray hard because the end is coming soon. The end is near. Pray. Pray because you don't know how much time is left. Pray because God moves through prayer. Don't focus on the timing of soon. Just pray. Number two. Let's look at verses eight again. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. Uh, Maybe this should have been Peter's first point. I don't know. It, It seems like Peter is saying that this should be the top priority. Most important of all sounds important. Jesus said in John 13, 35, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. Love is to be our defining character trait as Christians. The love Peter is describing is the love that holds nothing back. It gives everything. It's the deep love that enabled Jesus to hang on the cross and give his life to cover our sin. Love. Love kept him 
there. The image of love covering a multitude of sins is powerful and personal for each and every one of us who know Jesus as our Savior. Peter is actually quoting Proverbs 10, 12, which says, Hatred stirs up dissension, but love covers over all wrongs. When someone wrongs us or sins against us, it's almost as if a, a fire is lit in our spirit, isn't it? And it's like this fire, this sense of being violated in some way brings all this emotion up and our minds start to race. What will our response be? I can actually predict what your response will be based on whether or not you love the person that wronged you. And I can tell you if you really love that person or not based on your response. If you love them deeply, you will want to cover it. I don't mean cover it up and pretend it didn't happen, but cover it in a way that a blanket covers a fire and puts it out for lack of oxygen. Love will find a way to forgive and move forward. It covers a multitude of sins. But if you don't love that person deeply, you'll want to expose it for all to see. You'll talk about it. You'll plot your revenge or hold them at a distance away from your heart and your love. In essence, you will throw gas on the flame instead of covering it. That's the danger zone, by the way, because that's where we run the risk of being a prisoner to our own unforgiveness. Let me ask you another question this morning. How would you love if you knew the end was near? What would you cover and deem unimportant if the end truly was near? Peter is challenging us again not to focus on the timing, but to love deeply. I've seen it happen when someone senses their time is coming to an end. They want to make things right. They, they want to restore relationships and say, I'm sorry, and love deeply. I think Peter would say, don't wait don't wait to show love till the end is near because the end is near. Do it now. Third, share hospitality. 1 Peter 4.9, cheerfully share your home with those in, who need a meal or a place to stay. Hospitality is a gift that requires love and a heart for serving. Uh, hospitality sort of goes with loving deeply and it sort of fits with the last point of serving well. What Peter has in mind is taking people in who need food and shelter. The goal is to provide an atmosphere of love and fellowship and acceptance in order to show them Jesus. Peter wants them to do it now. Everyone is busy, and we get caught up in our own world and our own agenda so easily. But honestly, I can't think of a better way that our church does this 
than our connect groups. If you have been in one, you know how good it is for your soul. It is good for your relationships. It's good for your marriage. It's good for your parenting. It's a great place to deepen friendships and just improve your general well-being. Bring people in and let them experience Jesus in your midst. Our world is longing for connection. In a time that is connected by technology and screens like never before. But people need, they long for a deeper level of connection than just a screen. They need to feel Jesus being present with them where two or three are gathered in his name. If the end was near, no one would say, you know what? I think I'm going to sit down and watch Star Rowers one more time before all this blows up. We would want to be with people. We'd want to connect with people that we love. Peter says, live like the end is near now. Don't focus on the timing. Just connect, relate, pray, love, build each other up, refresh one another's spirits. And lastly, serve well. Let's look at verses 10 and 11. God has given each of you, each of you. Here in the room online, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Then do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. There was a statue outside of a church. It was actually in San Diego, California. And some vandals actually broke the hands off the statue of Jesus. Uh, That was back in 1980. It's become more of a thing now, right? Instead of repairing the hands, the church decided to put a plaque at the base of the statue of Jesus that read, I have no hands but yours. Jesus said, when we feed the hungry, clothe those who are naked, or when we visit the sick or visit people in prison. He says, truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you do it, you did it for me. Sharing our gift through serving well puts God's glory on display. All gifts of the Spirit are needed. No matter how great or small you and I may think they are, our gift is needed in the body. There are people around you, here in this room, at work, just as you shop, everywhere you go, there are people around you that need Jesus. What if there really isn't much time 
to show people Jesus. What wouldn't you do? What wouldn't you say? Peter says, pray hard. Love deeply. Share hospitality. Serve well. For the end is coming. Let's pray. God, we know that everyone needs you. And God, we, we have found this amazing relationship. Uh, in truth, God, you found us. And we are so thankful that you came, that, that your love covered a multitude of our sin. But this morning, we pray that you would make a way for those around us to experience your miracle of life. God, that, that you would be the, the, the great way maker, uh, using our gifts, using our prayer, using our hospitality, our service to show someone Jesus. God, we have a vision of this church growing to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 651. It's not about the number. God, we want you to use us to reach the next one. God, through, through our prayers, through our love, through our service, through our hospitality, God, we're gonna sing this song this morning, Waymaker. And God, we're gonna pray that you open the door for us to share your love with someone else. Because God, we don't know when you're coming back. But God, you've laid down the challenge for us to reach the next one in Jesus' name. And may you get all the glory and all the honor in all God's people said, amen. Thanks for listening to the New Stanton Church podcast. We'd love to connect with you. So visit our website at newstantonchurch.com, follow the Get Involved tab, and RSVP to our next meet and greet.